All right. Um, welcome back, folks, to another episode of Maybe, Maybe. Next, Next Time. I'm your host, William Blue, with my co-host, Simon McCormack. Ned's Nation. It's time to finish what we started. <laughs> uh, welcome back to uh, our weekly Nets basketball podcast where Simon and I delve into all things Nets Nation. We are fresh off a huge road victory in Chicago last <laughs> night where in spite of our best efforts, we managed to win a game. <laughs> we... Uh, we were waiting for for Claire's sister yesterday at Built Bar. Mm. Um, we we showed up and the Nets had a thirty three twenty four lead, a nine point lead on the Bulls. Uh, maybe four minutes later, they were down thirty nine to thirty three. <laughs> they had gone on a fifteen zero run, and I thought that it was just all going to completely devolve. It did not. They hung on. They got a much, much needed victory, putting the Nets into eighth place Mm -hmm. in a staggeringly bad Eastern Conference. And only tied with one other team, I believe. Yes. Yes. Um, So we're sitting in eighth. We have the eighth. uh, That also corresponds with our net rating. Oh, okay. Okay. and, you know, as bad as this team may look at times, um, take a look at your Cleveland Cavaliers, <laughs> at your Hornets, at your... Hornets are other. hot, hot, hot. Yeah, Hornets they're are. ahead of us. They're, yeah. they're seventh. Right. Um, <laughs> but... You have to you have to imagine the magic of PJ Washington is not going to sustain <laughs> this team for for 82, 82 games. Yeah, uh, remarkable if it does, but uh, it doesn't seem. Uh, they have their coach, Charlotte's coach, is a former uh, Albuquerque Academy guy. Oh, yeah, hmm. exciting stuff. But they, you know, like these teams, like the uh, the Cavs, the. The Hornets, the Hawks, who have nothing to live for. I'm sort of jealous because, like, like especially in Charlotte, it's it's a development sort of coach who's in and Atlanta, um, very much like Kenny Atkinson. They have sort of this, these mismatched pieces that you're, you know, everyone feels cool rooting for. It's exciting to see these guys no one's ever heard of doing well, um, and it's just very reminiscent of the fun, good time old Nets. Right, I understand. It, you know, it's it's just about uh, you know, I, I, there's a part of me that wishes you know. It could it could all be a uh, you know that that magical pool party uh, summer after my senior year of college, right? <laughs> you know, there's a certain level of freedom that you have at certain points in your life, but you can't you can't cling to that forever, right? You uh, got to grow up someday, right? And exactly. By grow up it means watch as Kyrie Irving and Karis Levert slowly <laughs> break, not so slowly break down. Ooh. I guess we're we're only you know yeah not even dope. fifteen games into the season <laughs> and they're sidelined with injuries. Um, we are leaning heavily on John and Musa and Nick Claxton, a combined age of thirty nine between the two of them. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, which is actually, you know, that part is fun, mm-hmm. but um, the uh, rapid scaling back of expectations, I think, is catching a lot of Nets Nation off guard. Yeah, but we, if nothing else, 
at least the Nets Nation, the portion of Nets Nation that net income tweets and and uh, retweets, etc., keeps in my little walled Nets Nation garden. Uh, they have adjusted. They've completely adjusted to being like, ooh, much needed win. Yeah, that was good. You know what I mean? Like, right. they're, they're totally back in the same frame of mind where it's just like, gotta get a W, gotta try really hard, gotta, like, play good team ball. Every <laughs> night's gonna be a scrap fest. Right. Like, this thing could, you know, deteriorate at any time. Um, right, because yeah. we were they were getting pretty high and mighty mm-hmm. there uh, coming into the season, you know, scoffing at the idea that they'd only get forty five <laughs> right, wins. Right, yeah. What an appalling underrating of this extraordinary right. collection of talent. Right. Oh um, God. Turns out, if we if we want a W, we need an unprecedented twenty two points and eight assists from Joe Harris. <laughs> right, which um, maybe is the new is the new normal, but I imagine is a massive aberration from what is his general game. Right. Nor should we. Well, nor should we count on fourteen free throws from Spencer. Uh, right, right. That's uh, I think was the most made by anyone in the league last night. <laughs> Um, so, Simon, we have a lot to get to. This is the finishing school episode, which I will let you explain in a bit when we get to the finishing school segment. Uh, but before we get there, we have some other segments, obviously, we need to address. Yeah. Uh, starting with, of course, Stat Station. (laughs) Ooh, Stat Station, good. Yeah. Um... As you know, Kyrie is currently the fifth leading scorer in the NBA mm. at 28.5 points. And Jarrett Allen is the f- has the fourth best field goal percentage oh. in the NBA. Okay. <clears throat> at 64.7%. And I would say that that's a good place to start with a point I'd like to make, which is that I would like to see almost the exact opposite of what those two stats um, not the, the, the opposite of what's happening with those two players. So Kyrie Irving, yes, is scoring a huge amount. But as I'm sure we'll get into throughout this episode, it comes at a cost, which mm-hmm. is extremely low assists uh, overall, team assists, uh, an offense that looks uh, optimistically stagnant. Yes, uh, especially and, in the fourth quarter. Right, and and it becomes very ISO ball heavy. Kyrie, unsurprisingly, has the fifth highest usage rate in the NBA this season. Um, and it's just not a fun style. Whereas Jared Allen is extremely inconsistent at the moment. He's not getting a ton of shots up. He's not getting a lot of looks. Um, they're not really integrating him into the lineup. Uh, in a, He's not getting more than about 22 minutes a game because we have this um, albatross of <laughs> DeAndre Jordan. So I think that... Uh, it's telling that Jarrett has this really great field goal percentage but doesn't get many shots and that Kyrie Irving has a super high usage rate. Uh, it scores a lot, but it is not actually producing any results that we want. Um, there are some surprising team stats that I wanted to bring up. We have the eighth best effective field goal percentage as a team in the entire NBA, which is much higher than I would have expected. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have the 10th best offensive rebounding and 8th best rebounding percentage overall. Increib, last year, 
We never could have dreamed that. No, we never could have dreamed it. And uh, in spite of all the reservations I have about DeAndre Jordan, it is in no small part because of him. He is a league leader in both of those categories. Um, And the Nets are, and this is the one that really surprised me, and I'd like like to hear what you have to Mm. say about it. uh, We have the, uh, we're playing with the fifth most pace of Mm. any team Mm -hmm. in the NBA. Yeah. Uh, I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, well, I had not seen much of Kyrie Irving, uh, so I did not really know how he plays, but he plays super quickly. We, we've, we've talked about this, but I, I think that's got to be, like, the biggest reason. Yeah. That Kyrie can get the ball, he pushes it ahead, but then also is able to, like, run up the court. Um, and uh, he is, like, especially great um, in in fast break situations. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, last year we were pretty slow. I feel like we were middle of the pack. Mm-hmm. D'Angelo like does not create a fast-paced offense. Yeah. Uh, it's a very plodding, um, coy, <laughs> but plodding um, offense. And, and nor does Spencer. For as fast as he is, he does not like to run up the court. No. He likes to dribble the ball at the top of the key until there's about four seconds left <laughs> and then make a mad dash for the basket. He's pl- God, why did I drop him, though? He's Since I dropped him, yeah, he's yeah. averaging 22 points a game on pretty good efficiency. Yeah, no, that that can't feel good. Um, it's one of my many uh, yes fantasy blunders. <laughs> All right, final final worrisome trend yeah. from the stats. <clears throat> we had a red hot offense. We were at second before the Phoenix game in the entire NBA. Mm-hmm. We are now we now have the eleventh ranked offense. Oh. So the offense is plummeting, and I'll tell you what's not getting a whole lot better: the defense. <laughs> we are <clears throat> we are still. In the bottom ten in the league in defense. Mm-hmm. Good boy, coach. Uh, dog's back. Uh, so we're still in the bottom ten in, in defense, and our offense is beginning to slip. What is it? Uh, we're twentieth. We're twentieth. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Got it. Uh, so worrisome trend. Yeah, for sure. I mean, and I would, I would guess that our offense is much, much better uh, in quarters one through three, and. Just horrible in in the fourth quarters because yeah. we have had some like jaw droppingly bad fourth quarters and second halves. But right, we have uh, as as much as the Nets have changed. One in one yeah. regard, we look exactly like the Nets of old, which is a complete inability to finish a game. Yeah, uh, which we'll get to in our finishing school yes. section. Before that, though, Katie's corner. He's moving laterally. Simon, yeah. you shared this tweet with me. Why don't you regale our <laughs> listeners with the deets? So, Katie's corner um, fans will know that last time we 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 spoke, we um, we there was footage of Kevin Durant shooting um, and you know getting on his tiptoes basically uh, and draining shots. This time, he is slightly moving left and right as he uh, takes those shots. So he's it's not exactly sliding down the court, uh, but um, he is moving a little bit left and right. Yeah, I mean, it speaks to a level of desperation that um, <laughs> we people on Twitter... 
people outside of Twitter are getting so excited by the fact that there is the beginning stages of lateral movement happening with yeah. um, Kevin Durant. Oh, yeah. Uh, but that's sort of what Kevin, uh, what Katie's corner has devolved into. Um, it is little glimpses of light to the increasingly black <laughs> Nets nation. If we could play the Bulls for another sixty-eight games they or whatever we have left, we could have a good. chance. They yeah. are not good. That said, <laughs> without Otto Porter, also without Otto Porter. That said, I you know had Zach Levine or Larry Laurie Markkinen gotten hot, yeah. it, it is totally conceivable that they could have beaten us. <laughs> yeah, um, Simon, I've dubbed last week the week of sham bombs. Okay. Yeah. Right. Uh, yes. Let's start with the first one. After less than two months. The Nets' uh, new CEO, David Levy. Yeah. The Nets and new CEO, David Levy, have mutually parted ways. Mm-hmm. That's a hell of a bomb. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Love your tweet, by the way, uh, that touched on that. Well, Think it's weird to publicly rank your teammates. Oh, Think right, it's right. weird for your uh, CEO of less than two months to quit. Right. So, uh, lots of speculation. No one really knows why it happens. I would say that it is uh, pretty unusual, at least. Uh, Potentially completely unique in that I can't think of any example of such a thing happening. It does it's not even not even limited to just sports. I don't think um, CEOs of major corporations uh, come and go that quickly unless something pretty dramatic happened. Uh, there are rumors that it has to do with the, the difference between Joe Tsai and David Levy re-China. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but it seems impossible to me that someone who has climbed as high in corporate America as David Levy would let some scruples about um, protesters pro-democracy or otherwise (laughs) in Hong Kong get in the way of him and uh, and making some some greed. Yes, absolutely. And like with somebody like that, I do understand like he, as you said, he's climbed. He, He can surely find another job that's High-paying, where he has a good amount of power, but, uh, you know, I mean, a CEO of an NBA team is pretty good. Yeah. Um, so, and also, like, you have, again, like, it, it, they talk about how, you know, they weren't aligned, right? Uh-huh. That That's the sort of line. Like, there wasn't, there wasn't alignment. You know what I suspect there were conversations about before David Levy signed on? What the fuck he was aligned with? Uh, Like, that's got to be one of the only things you talk about pre-hiring. Right. No, it's it's incredibly bizarre. Yeah. And a real red flag that the Josai regime um, may be more... Um, unstable <laughs> than than perhaps we had hoped. Yeah, I I agree. I mean, I, I think the ideal owner is somebody who has a ton of money, spends a ton of money, and hires people that they leave alone. Yes, uh, that did not happen here. No, um, and I don't even know. Maybe David Levy is terrible, and maybe there was some other. But like, why would they have? Hi- how would they not have known that before they right. hired him? I mean, yeah, that's that would be an, a, an even worse indictment if you're like. 
Oh, you know what? We don't have a very stringent hiring practice. We right. don't do much of a background check. Right. And it turns out right. the guy we hired to the very top position was not really well considered and was a total mistake. Right. Um, the other potential, if it's not uh, about China, mm-hmm. the other more salacious thing reason that I've heard bandied about is that it was discovered that David Levy was the mole for the Jackie Mack article. You've heard that discussed? That's not just a bill theory? Um, I'd like... <laughs> to be able to point to a source for that, mm-hmm. <laughs> I feel like I read it somewhere. Okay, but that, it's entirely possible that that is entirely of my own device. But I, to me, that I, I just don't understand why he would say. Like, I understand him saying it even less than like anyone else. Like somebody on the basketball side saying it still doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. But him saying that. To Jackie Mack. And again, she did say, like, executives. So making it seem like she talked to more than one person. But it's just weird that he would even think to say that. It's not even in his, like, ballpark. I totally agree. Like, I would think, if anything, he would be the one who's like, yeah, I don't care if he's destroying your locker room. We're selling Kyrie jerseys like hotcakes. He's (laughs) great for, you know... Right. Bringing in... He's pro-democracy like me. Right. Um, all right. Next sham bomb. Brooklyn Nets fear guard Karis LeVert has ligament damage in his right thumb, and he is visiting specialists for further evaluation. Mm-hmm. This proved to, in fact, be true. I believe uh, Karis is out for four to six weeks. Yeah. Um, this is upsetting, if not surprising news <laughs> for for the Nets. Uh to to know Karis is or to love Karis is to know that he will inevitably be injured for at least a third, if not more, of the season. Again, before the season, he has averaged um, fifty six. I think it was fifty six mm-hmm. games a year since entering the league. Uh, I think it would be optimistic t- that he gets to fifty six again. Um, when you play so few games year after year after year, it makes it very difficult for your alleged breakthrough to ever actually <laughs> allegedly happen. Uh, of course, that d- does not deter. The delusional factions of Karis Homer's the world over from demanding that he is still an elite superstar in the making. (laughs) Simon, as one of those delusional uh, Uh Karis stands, tell us why we should still be thrilled at having a perpetually injury uh, ridden player who has never broken out but is said to one day uh, going to be breaking out. Why should we continue? to be excited about Karis. Number one, uh, he <laughs> not to not, <laughs> not not to bias the uh, yeah. It's clear where response. you're coming from. Um, so number one, thank God it wasn't another foot injury. Number two, uh, it's clear you can come back from that injury and be basically the same player. Spencer did it. Uh, number three, at least it's not 42 games he's expected to miss. Uh, number four. Uh, when was when did he miss forty two? Last year. Oh, okay. Remember when his foot was right broken in a way that made everyone right think he would probably never would, come yeah, back. Exactly. Again. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know, 
Um, at least, you know, we will, we, uh, history says we'll be back here next year doing this, but for the, <laughs> for the meantime, at least it didn't happen next year when Kevin Durant is back and Karis LeVert, if he's still on the team, um, uh, you know, will be even more important. Um, and, uh, you know, I'm hopeful that, that he, he will get back out there. I th- he had some. He had some good games for sure. Uh, yeah. In the limited time that he was, that's, he was playing. <laughs> that's what you want to hear about uh, about your your superstar in the making. Uh, an extremely qualified claim about having be, had a few just, good games scattered in there. I just want to be clear. I view Karis Levert's ceiling as being an all star. I do not think that he will be a Hall of Famer. I do not think that he will be. Like, you know, a top 15 player in the league, a top 20 player. I think that his ceiling is like top 30 and having like an all-star year or two or, you know, whatever. Like, right. again, very much a third wheel type type play. Right. Just better than Ben Simmons. Uh, No, but we can talk. I mean, here's, here, here's what I'll give about Karras. Before he got injured, he was averaging career highs in points. Now, what I look for in a... Budding superstar <laughs> going to take over the league is somebody whose rookie year correspond, and then go. You get a great rookie year, and then just plummet like a ton of bricks <laughs> year after year after year following that. Um, All Iman- the greats have that trajectory. <laughs> uh, Iman Schumper, <laughs> Iman Schumper is a net son. Yes, woo. No, he was minus sixteen yesterday. But that's it. I thought it was higher than that. I guess he only got like eleven minutes. Mm-hmm. So. Unfathomably high for right. how many minutes he plays. Hard, yeah. hard to imagine having hurt the team more mm-hmm. uh, than he did. But right. he, he was out there giving it his all. Yeah. Uh, I gotta say, I'm, I'm surprised he wasn't on a team already. Yeah. He's he's much younger, I think, than people realize. He's like twenty nine. Like, yeah, right? he's still in his twenties. Uh, has a championship pedigree. Uh, does yep. things that people should like. Three and D. Uh, so it's odd that he wasn't on a team. Could be telling that he's not very good. But um, <laughs> maybe he'll be a good fit on the Nets. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited for him. Um, again, he is a potential uh, um, goon. Yeah. Uh, very good at D. Good at pressuring people, being pesky. Um, again, like our other potential goons, is limited offensively. Um, and turn the ball over a lot. But again, like the, the way that he, again, minus 16, I'm not going to sugarcoat it. That is DeAndre Jordan level bad. Yeah. But he, like making turnovers on your first game with a team is not super surprising. And that, that I think is what led to most of his, his bad play. But I do think, yeah, like champ being, being a guy who has played good defense in a finals series, uh, is is someone that I'm, you know, perfectly happy to have on, on this team. Uh, so, um, yeah, I mean, I, I, I just feel like um, that's like the best you could hope for of the people that I've heard are uh, around at in no, middle of November for picking up and putting on a roster. Right. Um, I got to say, Simon, for me right now at this point in the net season, I cannot wait for PED-ridden Wilson Chandler to get back yeah. onto the court. We need a f- an actual four in a very, very big way. Yeah. 
Um, Zach Harper wrote a little bit about the Nets. I sent this to oh, you. Oh, yeah. And he pointed out a fun little DeAndre Jared Allen um, stat that I thought I'd share with our listeners. Uh, so Kenny Atkinson's favorite lineup thus far, the most minutes on the court, um, are Kyrie, Joe Harris, Karis LeVert, Torian Prince, are one through four, and then interchangeably Jared Allen and um, DeAndre Jordan. That lineup gets slightly outscored because we have a negative net rating uh, of 0.6 points while Allen is out there per 100 possessions. But when DeAndre Jordan is out there, we get outscored by 27.6 points per 100 possessions. That is absolutely shocking for a lineup that includes our four best players. Um, Zach Harper concludes his comparison between the two with, they simply can't get away with continuing to play Jordan unless he turns into the Clippers version of himself. Uh... DeAndre Jordan not only takes away minutes from probably our best young player in Jared Allen, but he is bad in the minutes that he in the minutes that he plays. Uh, we had talked about it last week. He's a huge net negative um, in all plus minus metrics. Uh, what uh, at the end of yesterday's game, he, Kenny finished with him and he did some okay things. Um, I saw. I saw some people talking about how they think it's an effort thing. Um, I really don't think it's an effort thing. I, 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 I think that Kenny would see through a guy who is not giving his effort and might punish him in terms of minutes. Um, I think that it's like, I think sometimes it looks okay and he can get away with it, but I think that physically he's just not up to it mm. anymore. What? How are you feeling about DeAndre Jordan? <sighs> I don't know. Um, I it is it is besides Karis Levert's injury issue, the second thing that I am most worried about. Um, a close third is Kyrie Irving and mm. his injury that is just a rest injury, and we can't rest him right. if we want to win too many more games that aren't against the Bulls. Right. Um. So so I don't know. It's it's super super worrying. I hope that. Things get better, like you said. Like he was, he apparently had some good passes last game. He is gobbling up rebounds. He, they, a lot team, like players and Kenny have said, like he quarterbacks the defense, which is so interesting to me because he looks horrible on defense. Um, and he, I saw, I read that he was, he was, this was a couple games ago, I think, but he, he was moving at the slowest pace on defense of any player <laughs> in the league. Really? Yes. I had not read that, but that is totally believable. He, <laughs> I mean, it's generous to call what he does on defense moving. Like yeah. you can't, you cannot record a speed at which he moves because he literally just stands there. If the guy, you know, he like he will not go out to the three point line. He I mean, he barely bothers bothers to um, even contest shots anymore. Yeah, and uh, I would say most of his foot movement is to step out of the paint briefly so that he doesn't get a defensive three seconds. <laughs> yeah, it's not pretty. Um, he, he is certainly b- even more so than the Karras injury, which um, is, it was too predictable to be um, <laughs> agonizing. 
I think DeAndre Jordan is is far and away the thing about this team that I'm most frustrated with this yeah. season. Ooh, Bill, sorry, just to to throw you for a, a loop here, but I don't I don't want to lose this thread, and I'm curious what you think. Karis Levert's injury. What do you think that does to the potential of us getting a third star and trading a package of players for a third a third star? Um, I don't think that it really has much of an impact on that because I think that Karras's value around the league is not going to be too um, dramatically changed because mm. of this injury. I think that people who like Karras Levert are going to rationalize it like uh, in a somewhat the same way you have that it's not a foot injury, that it's not so, you know it's sort of a fluky hand thing could happen to anyone, uh, and that's not going to hurt his trade value. So in that sense, I think with his contract and, and with the other contracts, you know, people, I don't think it will have had much of an impact. All right. What about you? Um, I'm worried because I, I feel like, well, I mean, I guess, I don't know. I'm, I'm ambivalent about trading Karras. Like I really like Karras. He's my favorite player. So I'm not exactly jumping at the bit to get a third star. That said, this team's sluggish performance might suggest that this is not the, mix O players that is going to take us to the promised yeah, land, yeah. even with Kevin Durant, mm-hmm. um, 32-year-old Kevin Durant. So, um, coming off the worst injury in sports. So, um, I, uh, but I, I just feel like there could be some people who are like, yeah, you know, like you said, that's a freakish thing. That's that's uh, unlucky, etc. But, like, at a certain point, like, I just worry that this is like the straw that breaks the camel's back in terms of trade value and people are – GMs are not particularly excited about about getting Karis. Because Karis would be in what I would imagine like pretty close to the centerpiece of any package we could put together. Like we have some picks, but they're not necessarily great picks. We have Jared Allen who's good but not as good as – Karis Levert and clearly going to be a limited offensive player, it seems likely to say. Um, so I don't know. Anyway, sorry to, to no, no, diverge no. there. Uh, I think another 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 um, reason for optimism is not really to do with trades or Karis, but our schedule this week is insanely easy. Yeah. Uh, we have the Pacers on Monday, which is definitely the the most formidable opponent we will face this yeah. week. Uh, we p- face the the Hornets on Wednesday, the Kings on Friday, and the Knicks on Sunday. If you want a four game stretch in which you can turn your uh, so far lackluster start to the season around, this is that um, stretch. Three of the four games are home games. Uh, you know, we get three of these four games, and we are right back at five hundred. Yeah. How do you think it's gonna gonna end up? I don't know, man. I'm pretty low <laughs> on on the Nets these days, especially if if Kyrie's not playing. Like, I do think. I honestly, part of me anyway, uh, thinks almost that like against bad teams, it's better to not have Kyrie though. Just because, like, you obviously need talent to beat a lot of these teams. You can't just be a good ball movement, like, everybody gets involved kind of team. Yeah. Like, we've seen how far those Nets teams get. Um, but against a bad team like a Bulls, like a Knicks, 
um, like those teams that you just mentioned besides the Pacers, uh, it might be better to just have, like, everyone feel like they they can do what they want with the ball, you know what I mean? They can be aggressive, and everyone isn't really deferring to, to anyone else, but also not hero-balling. Right, and it's uh, very much TBD whether or not Kyrie comes back for any of these games, right? Yeah. We don't know yet. Um, but that said, let's go to finishing school. Okay. Nets can't finish. Yes, Nets have blown many, many leads um, in uh, heartbreaking fashion over and over and over this in this young season. So it's time for them to go to finishing school. La la la. <laughs> uh, which I had to look up what that or ask Hillary rather what that meant. So I will um, explain what I, as I understand it. It's a school. Um, I think primarily for young, like, sort of, like, teen girls? Debutantes, Debutantes. I think, is the term. Okay, yes. Who, to learn things like proper etiquette uh, and in in both business and, uh, and like, social settings and, and that sort of thing. Right. Is that right? Yeah, that's more or less correct. Uh, I, you, you sent me uh, an article about it, and one thing that stood out to me about the article was that it was flooded with ads for the royal family. It was just an odd thing to advertise, but, like, I don't know where it would take you were you to click on one of these ads. Um but it did lead me to wonder, Simon, and this is something I genuinely do not know about you. Okay. Um, who is your favorite member of the royal family? Um, Speaking of the mic, people want to hear this. Oh, sorry. Um, I like Harry. I've always liked Harry. I, okay, I wrote down I have a guess, but I don't know. I think it's that <laughs> scamp Harry. Yeah, it is Harry. <laughs> uh, okay, why? Just uh, I think he's, he's about as... Uh, you know, sort of like relaxed and like normal as you can be okay. in the royal family setting. <laughs> right? Yeah, it, it isn't one conducive to normality yeah. for sure. Yeah, uh, but yeah, I think he's he's the, he's the people's prince, right? And he doesn't have to worry about being. He's never going to be like king or whatever. Probably right. almost definitely not going to be. Yeah, king. yeah, yeah. I mean, I think there are some pretty serious questions whether they're going to even bother to to keep it going, aren't they? Um, post I, post Lizzie, I don't know. I don't know. I've, I've, okay, well, I don't either, but... Um, <laughs> all right, so for this section, I'm not sure what you did. What I did was I took a few of the, uh, like, 27 things right. that she learned uh-huh. from finishing school, and then I have that, what her her bit of wisdom she learned, and then I, I converted it into a Nets thing. Right, yeah. Um, I don't know. What did you do I think this? that's what I did. Okay, great. Uh, well, I'll go. I'll start with one. Okay, great. All right. So, I don't know how much crossover there is between Nets fans who are listening to this podcast and um, debutantes and those who have gone through the rigors of, of cotillion and, and finishing school. So, <laughs> these may seem somewhat strange, what you're about to sure, hear. Sure, sure. Uh, I was unfamiliar with many of them, and yeah, this is yeah. the first one. Uh, when pouring tea and coffee, hot liquid is always followed by cold. Oh. 
Okay. Intriguing. Um, so to convert that into uh, the realm of Nets, mm. I said, when playing Nets basketball, big leads are always followed by devastating losses. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Right. Um, what is your uh, first finishing school takeaway? Okay, mine is uh, so I have done I have done something a slightly different to that, which is uh, given a, a net player who would benefit most from okay. from the lessons. Great, great, great. So one of the lessons is, and I'm paraphrasing, but basically, uh, don't talk with your hands and like wildly gesticulate. Um, just keep it together, basically. Okay. And for that, I think Spencer Dinwiddie would um, benefit. Uh, we There's been a ton of coverage of Kyrie telling him to kind of cool it with the refs, and I guess yeah. he has somewhat. Um, so... Uh, but I still think a little finishing school uh, wouldn't wouldn't hurt him on that one. Yeah, uh, it has been a long time complaint of mine the way that Spencer deals with the refs. Uh, while it's sort of a cliche that all players, uh, you know, never think they commit a foul and perpetually think that they are fouled, Spencer takes this to a level so far beyond um, any other player I've seen yeah. that it is truly maddening to watch. Um, I hadn't heard that Kyrie had been talking to him about it. I did hear in uh, one of the mismatch episodes that Kevin O'Connor said that there was some video of Kyrie uh, pushing one of his teammates during a game, like pushing him into position. Oh, and on a net? Yeah, a net. Oh, really? Yeah, this season. Oh. Yeah, it's in one of the times when Chris when, uh, when Verno is going off about Kyrie and, and Kevin uh, O'Connor says something about... Um, huh, I would love to hear about, that. Yeah, I don't know. It, he didn't say which net he did, but and he, he sort of said it sheepishly because it was like he didn't want to pile on like Vernon was. But he did say that he had seen footage of him pushing a player on his team during a game this season. Um, so if you're out there and listening to this and know what he's talking about, send us that clip. Yeah, yeah. All right, Simon, never put your elbows on the table. Mm-hmm. That, I think, is something that has leaked out of the finishing school and into... Uh, I mean, I remember being told yes, that me as too. a child. Yeah, yeah. Um, I don't think that I adhere to it, necessarily, but uh, I do remember being told that. Um, never put your elbows on the table. I would say to translate in that into uh, Nets terms, uh, it would be never put DeAndre Jordan in the game. <laughs> it's a pretty simple one. I think uh, anyone who's listened to the beginning of this podcast would know why I feel that way. Um, let's move on to yours. Okay. So so um, this one is um, when doing an air kiss... Uh, it's always right to left. Oh, right. In, I didn't know that. Yeah. Right, right, <laughs> cheek to right. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But, it, yeah, it's so funny because you're not touching. It's very explicit. You're not supposed to touch uh, any part of the right. body when you're doing this. But in New York, it is just right cheek. There's no switching back oh. and forth. And to me, that I is something. That. Yeah. I <laughs> Believe it or not, <laughs> I didn't either. Um but the person I think who would really enjoy learning that is uh, New York's uh, adopted son, Joe Harris, Ooh. who I think would really take to a New York-specific <laughs> kissing rule. Right. 
I um, I always get flustered. I I feel like it happens more with uh, interactions with European people mm-hmm. um, that they they'll go in for uh, for an air kiss. Yeah. And I never know what to do. Right. Uh, but I will say that while I wouldn't encourage anyone to read this horrific article that this entire segment is based on about <laughs> what some person learned in their etiquette class, uh-huh, uh-huh. Um, that is useful. I will now know to go to the right. Although in that situation when it's happening, I'm so overwhelmed. Right, I don't right. think I'll have the wherewithal to um, remember that I'm supposed to go right. Right. Um all right, Simon, another tip this lady learned. Upon sitting at a restaurant, put your napkin on your lap immediately. Mm. Um, and this this uh, bit of advice for Nets fans specifically is, upon entering the fourth cu- quarter, <laughs> cover your eyes immediately. <laughs> Uh, yeah. yeah, again, we are not finishing games well. We have never finished games well. It is painful to watch, and uh, spare yourself. Yeah. Um, okay. So, my final one, and this is truly a stretch, uh, is um, when shaking hands, get straight down to business. Only, only shake twice. Um, so two pumps, in other words, double pump, double pump, and because this this has to do with using your hands and raising them at least somewhat, this is advice for DeAndre Jordan, who doesn't <laughs> refuses to put his hands up when playing defense. See, they are glued to his sides, um, even though he's supposed to be a rim protector, right. Um, no, yeah. Any any advice to do something differently than you're doing it right now could be directed <laughs> at DeAndre Jordan. Uh, another piece of advice from the article, which I'm sure you'll all find illuminating, don't announce that you're going to the men's or ladies' room. Mm. So I translated mm. this to don't announce that you think you're a lock for the playoffs in a miserable Eastern Conference. <laughs> Uh, um, before the season, as we mentioned, everyone was euphoric with the KD Kyrie thing. Uh, projections went into the 50 to 60 win range. Uh, I was made to feel like a leper for suggesting <laughs> that maybe this team was not as good as uh, the hype train was making it out to be. Um, and in spite of national media largely getting it right, Nets Nation, that's that special group that we find ourselves uh, enmeshed with, um, was convinced that we were going to be an elite team in the East. I think it's safe to say already, I know it's early in the season, we are not one of the elite teams in the East um, and may not even be a playoff team. Yeah, we've got we've to shape up and we've got to shape up fast. <laughs> um, I, That's it for me in terms of etiquette. Okay. What, you got any left? Great. No, I don't. Okay. Uh, great suggestion. Thank I'm you. really hoping that we don't have to uh, endure any fourth quarter collapses this week because we are going to be at three of these four games. Yeah. You're not going to the Knicks game. No. Right? That they sent yeah, out. Yeah, no. like, tickets were still like $115 yeah. for that. That's yeah. insane. 
Did you see, by the way, just before we wrap, did you see that Rhodey is playing with the Long Island Nets right now? Oh, boy. <laughs> oh, my God. I just feel like we should we should talk about that no, super quickly. No, I didn't see that. That's depressing. Yeah. It's so it's crazy how those two, him and, um, and Musa, have, like, totally flipped. Like, now Musa's kind of the pleasant... Surprise! He right. isn't nearly as exciting as as Rhodey was last year, but it's it's kind of similar because it's like oh he's getting minutes and he's answering the call and you know he, he he's getting points at least. And last game he had a couple steals. He had like no, he a was, few assists. I saw him. He was pretty good. He had one hilarious turnover uh-huh. um, that was it was brutal to watch. Did you see the no. footage? Yeah, he basically got the ball in the corner and then you could tell he kind of thought he should drive and then decided not to, but. Basically, it resulted to him falling on his knees and basically handing the ball to the other team. Um, but other than that, he got to the rim okay, and he did a few other a few other nice things as steals. Uh, Theo Pinson got a lot of run yesterday. Yeah, too. Theo. It was a, it was um, a way better than I ever thought Theo could be. Yeah, I'm not. Uh, you know, I I hope. I hope he doesn't get too much more because he probably shouldn't be getting a lot <laughs> Who's more. Who's our backup point guard, though? If... I mean, Nwaba seems to have fallen off. He's out. Yeah. yeah. Um, even though we're really good defensively when he's on the court. Mm. I feel like Shump is going to get yeah, any minutes that would too. go to him. I do, too. Sad to say. Um, all right. Well, we're not going to keep you any longer, folks. Uh, <laughs> rate, review, whatnot. It helps. Yes. Uh, send us some questions. It's been a while. It's been a while. It's yes. been a while. Uh, maybe it's time at gmail.com. Yeah, hit us on the on the email um, or Twitter. We're also on Instagram. We'll post because we're going to be at these games mm-hmm. Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. We'll put up some hot, hot content, maybe some boomerangs. I know people love when I do the booms. Uh, <laughs> all right. Uh, thank you for listening. It's been a pleasure as always, and we will go ahead and see ya next, next time. time. I was tired of my lady We'd been together too long Like a worn out recording Of a favorite song So while she lay there sleeping I read the paper in bed And in the personal columns There was this letter I read